Hello everybody, welcome back to Grid Gas Bags. I'm Eleanor and I am Katrina. Good morning. Good morning, it's Brazil weekend. I love Brazil. I said this in the last episode. Brazil, Interlagos, Sao Paulo, this weekend, especially with the sprint race and the actual Grand Prix, it's my favourite track. I'm pretty sure I said it's my favourite track. If not, if I haven't, no. it's one of my favourite no, no. tracks. We were talking about, this was in between races, how we ranked our favourite tracks. We've not talked about it haven't we? on here, no. We'll, we'll talk about this after the, the general later. intro. Okay, cool. So it's the Brazilian Grand Prix weekend. It's in Sao Paulo. Um, it's one of my favourite tracks. I love Interlagos. We both love Brazil. Me being me... Because we're we're trying to learn another language apart from English, not we're not trying to learn Portuguese, but we're trying to learn Spanish. We recognise that Portuguese is another skill level beyond our patience. Spanish is <laughs> Spanish seems to be easier than Portuguese, at least learning it from an English perspective. I struggle with vowels in English, let alone oh I've vowels. got the. Uh, I want to say it's mnemonic. No, uh, resonant. Don't mm, know. The, guttural. The, the guttural guttural sound. Nasal. I can't say nasal it. nasal sounds. Anyway, so I can't do nasal vowels. Um, I can't do regular vowels. I put together like interlagos, inter, lagos. Lagos is a lake. Well, I'm guessing it's lake because lago is the Spanish term for lake, lagos, lake. And anyway, in the aerials, there's it's lakes. Lake. Interlagos, I love it. And it's, it's just, little stuff like this that we both. It's the best. Like, it's the best weekend. I love the Brazil weekend because in terms of timing, at least. We we don't necessarily have to stay up and watch it because it I physically ends, cannot. I'm sorry, I can't like, wake up at two a.m. But like it ends so early, like like the sprint race went from three thirty to four thirty a.m. our time, and by the time we woke up, we can still watch the sprint and like the the free practice before that, and not be too far behind. Um, anyway, so Although, mind you, I go on Tumblr and it's like posted nine hours ago, and it's got stuff of like three hundred and fifty notes, and I feel really out of touch and behind and I'm like I'm trying to catch up but I can only consume these so quickly so for those of for those of you who aren't aware the sprint weekend the sprint weekends run differently so the reason why I say this is because I was like okay there's free practice one we made a mistake when it came to timings what is this we you you made the mistake (laughs) who who is this we you made the mistake so I knew Eleanor knew that it was free practice one qualifying the qualifying before the sprint race Whatever. and then free practice two yeah. and then the sprint race on on the saturday me and then the race on the sunday katrina ruined it by what is she going she went on Instagram i thought and ruined i the thought the order was free practice one free practice two wrong qualifying sprint race wrong 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 so, so i was like oh yeah free practice one and two are there and i saw the qualifying order and i was like uh, well, no. What have I done? Well, no, no, no. So Katrina and I went out to a concert on Friday. I know this is very not F one related, but we, we 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 ramble here. This was this was the first concert Katrina and I. So Perth is small and tiny, and no one really cares about Perth. We didn't Especially, have as negative no, no. of a COVID impact as everyone else. However, well, in terms of like the music industry before COVID, no one really cared about Perth. When people came for touring and concerts, if like it was festival, and that's it. If it wasn't like a really, really big band or a big artist, they would usually bypass Perth or they would just choose Adelaide because it's like closer to the eastern states, which I do understand. Yeah, but I mean, why would you want to go to Adelaide? I was quoting Dan Andrews. No, not Dan okay. Andrews. Who's the Who was the tourism minister of Victoria being like? Dan um, Andrews was the premier. It wasn't him. There was the, uh, 
that's, is that, that's a quote from one so of the tourism. Someone actually say, "Why would you want to go to Adelaide?" Yeah, yeah. He was talking about um, in funny. the middle of COVID restrictions. He was talking about interstate travel. No, that was Dan Andrews. Was I think Dan that Andrews? was Dan Andrews. Yeah. Yeah, he was talking about interstate travel, and they're like, "Yep, we um we're opening up interstate travel, but Adelaide, uh, South Australia won't open up travel for us." And he goes, "Who, when they're right, might want a holiday in Adelaide, anyways?" <laughs> okay, so that but was in, quoting that. But anyway, so this was the first niche reference. This was the first concert that Katrina and I had gone to since I'm going to say 2018. 2017. We didn't go to any at the beginning of. We didn't go in any 2019. There was nothing in 2020. No, I was meant to go see. We were supposed to see Fallout Boy in 2019, but we decided not to because you then had to work. No, Fallout Boy ended up being 2018. I had tickets to go see Trophy Eyes again, but But I got sick. No, I I came back from holidays with a broken leg, and I got my standing tickets, and I was like. I'm, I'm not, not going to go stand and watch a concert on a broken leg. So it was a lot. So I didn't go. I don't think. When did we say 1975? Was that 2019? I think that was 20. I'll, I'll have a look. Anyway, so it, it, it's been a long time since Katrina and I had gone seen, gone to see a musical act. Anyway. Gone seen. Gone seen. Gone seen. Anyway, for the I'm I, if I say Flume, will people know who Flume is? I'll I hope so. Be like you. Any anyway, the reason why no the reason why because so, someone at work was like oh I'm what are you doing this week and I'm like oh I'm going to see Flume they were like what's that and I was like I'm made, I'm it's an artist they th- they thought I was talking about like an element of a chimney like a flu Flume oh man that I work shows with some their really age. what's Flume known for never be like you he did a really good remix say it right now hyper paradise say, say it say it right now say say it back. Say it back. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Anyway, um, rushing back. What is blue? He did. He did the remix of blue. He worked with Chef Faker, but then again, they're Australian artists. Mm. People aren't going to know that. Anyway, um, because Vera Blue's Australian, isn't she? Oh, he did. Uh, he did the difference, which was with to- um, Toro Imori. Uh, Toro Imoi. Whatever. Um, which was on an Apple ad. Was it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, the Apple uh, um AirPod ads. Spaces in between. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Um. Anyway, so he came to Perth, and Perth was the opening opening stage of his Australian tour, Ooh. and it was just so nice to go to like see because he hasn't toured in Australia in years. Well, no, last time he toured was when he was at Grooving with the Moo, whenever that year was. When his first was GTM his last one. When, when his first album came out. Hmm. Well, he's in Perth. Um. Anyway, so. That was because it was in the middle of whoop whoop. We had to go get a bus there, go to the festival, then get a bus back. The bus took like an hour. It was just, a track and a half. Yeah. Anyway, the bus took an hour. Because the bus took so long, we were actually awake for FP1. Yeah, we got home and it was just it was like we um checked the time on the bus on, just before we left um, the Mind auditorium. You, and it was like starts in 13 minutes. And I'm like, this is an hour and a half bus ride. We don't have reception. But also we were in the middle of half of it. We were in the middle of whoop whoop and... Telstra only gave me like one bar as well. And I Tel- got two bars for Optus. So, I mean, that was pretty good. Bar. Yeah. And Daniel Ricciardo was looking over your shoulder being mm. like, Optus, watch so me yes. live. Um, anyway, so with the, sprint week, with the sprint weekend, usually the timings work quite well. So, I didn't stay up and watch it. Katrina stayed up and watched FP1 and then she ruined qualifying for herself. Oh, well, anyway. I thought it was FP2. So... We're releasing this a little bit late because we were going to do one massive long podcast, but then we were like, it, there's too much to cover. Well, no, we were going to do the first podcast right after. Um, hold on, after I just qualifying, found After the qualifying was. Oh, yeah, we're going to no, do. Eleanor, you want to know what the last concert we saw was? Uh, was it Broom of the Horizon? It was February 23rd, 2020. 2020. 2020. February 23rd, Who did we see? 2020. We saw Queen and it was before the other dude died. Oh my died. God, we saw it before he died. Yeah. Because I wow. got a picture of... There. 
No, no, I saw Ed Sheeran. No, no, this is this is February 2020, so... No, I'm pretty sure I saw Ed Sheeran in March and... No, because February 2020 and then I... I no, because like the, then we're going to go on holidays, yeah. Then the next picture is a screenshot of you complaining that you can't leave the country on... 14th of March 2020 with the commentary, yeah. the feeling that everything on your trip is cancelled for you for you, so you don't have to cancel your own holiday, maybe next year South America, now to either work for the next month or to take leave. Well, 14th that's, of a really, March, that's a really good segue to South America, Brazil's in South America. Yay. Oh, anyway, so... Keep going. Katrina just showed me her passport. No, Katrina just showed me her work photo. She looks so sad. That was before she left her toxic job. Anyway, Brazil. So, FP is really interesting this time around because the way that the sprint race layout was done... FP1 is the most crucial part for the whole weekend because that's really the only time that the drivers get to experience the track before qualifying and the qualifying order sets the obviously qualifying order sets the order for the sprint race and then the results of the sprint race that's the order of the grid for the actual race on Sunday. And so FP1 came around and it was good, it was fine, like no one really had any like really big issues, like the top teams are doing well. Everyone thought the Mercedes were going to do well because of how well they did in the previous ones and their cars are getting better. I was an idiot and thought Logan Sargent wouldn't be doing FP1 nah, this session, FP2. which is why I was even doubly confused when he popped up at FP2 and I was like, I thought he did FP1. So what happened? Hold on, let me, let me get my book. Um, Actually, let, before we get into FP1, let's talk about some key parts that happen like pre-race. So... While Ellen was still talking, I'm still trying to find some information to talk about. So, well, anyway, so um, there was some. Wait, you've written Verstappen versus Senna. What oh, okay. Mean? There was um a really interesting um post that one of the racing, like I'm not going to call them admins. Are they journalists? I don't know. Media, 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 media outlet, a media section, subdivision. I don't know. One of those posted on Instagram and they did like a side by side of Verstappen against Senna. And as of like this race weekend, they've got the same amount of um, race starts, which makes sense because you brought up that science of the same amount of race starts as Senna and they both started Australia Mm. um, 2015. So it was like Mm. Verstappen has 140. no, 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 I think it's 160. 100, it's 161. I was about to say because Science's 150th was Silverstone. I think it's 100, um, 161 race starts. Yeah, yeah. So it's Senna, so Science Senna had, and Verstappen will have the same amount. But we'll talk about just Verstappen and Senna because... Well, but that's Science done. That's Science done, yeah. So Senna and Verstappen both had, as of this race weekend, 161 starts. Um, emphasis on the starts because Senna didn't finish his 161st race. Um, so hopefully... Verstappen finishes his 161st race. Well, they did. They finished the sprint. No, no. Race, race. Oh, do, do, do they call it, They kill? call them race weekends. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So, they both have 161. Um, Senna has three world championships. Verstappen has two. Um, and they compare, like, number of poles, number of championships, number of race wins. Um, I wonder if they compare conversion rates as well. No, they didn't put conversion rates on there, but pretty much everything between the two is almost identical, except um, Senna has more poles, more fastest laps, Interesting. whereas Verstappen look- has more race. I might be wrong on this one. Verstappen has more race, le- uh, race-led laps. 
It's like not when Poles he's at the, at the beginning. Leclerc and Hamilton have had better luck in yep. terms of pole positions than he has. And but he's it, made it through the field to win, so I mean... And an overall yeah. better conversion rate, but then he's like obviously one, two. But yeah, so that's just interesting um, comparisons for this weekend, which I thought was really cool to to, to highlight because I, uh, Eleanor and I are numbers people and I love oh, it no, when no, not numbers, numbers pan out. It's just synergies and all of that stuff. It's like, ooh, that's nice. We are the 11-11-2-2-2-2-2. Make a wish. Four. Yeah, we are those girls, but not intentionally. Um, I don't know. When you always like look at the clock and it's always like one two three four or one two three or 2 2 2 or one one I often don't I mean, get one two three four. I will I get like get, repeating. But I usually not. get one two three four. One two three four. I'm like, okay, great. I can count to four. I can count to four in Spanish and Italian as well. <laughs> so I just see. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's one I want to work with. So they're doing a lot of comparisons between teams and peoples. And if we're going to talk about statistics, let's talk about Magnuson's. No, not yet. No? Okay, what other things do you want so to talk about So we're tempting you, for those of you who somehow have managed to avoid all spoilers and news, something happens with Magnuson. Anyway, next bullet point, Hamilton's statue. I, I'm sure you meant statues. No, I think I, statue. meant, the, I, think I meant the Senna statue. Well, you've written Hamilton statues. So I think you mean the Senna statue and oh, then the Ham- you know Hamilton what I pro- mural. I and meant then the mural, mural and instead of mural, I wrote down statue. statue. So there's been a bunch of... Um, murals posted um that had there's a mural at the track of senna that was done quite a while ago right yeah but um i don't think i've ever paid attention to it um but it was drawn to attention to that there's this weekend well they've done one of hamilton as well and they drew attention to it because the same person who did the senna mural did the same one for hamilton oh okay like it was the same artist yep and then there's been an unveiling of a huge statue of senna's head um, at the racetrack, which is really cool because that was done by his niece. So that's really lovely to put that on there. And Eleanor and I were saying, like, Australians don't really name anything after people who, like, die recently. Like, oh, yeah, recently. We have things named after, like, ex-politicians or, like... Founders uh, of stuff. War people or education people. But, like, all... No sporting old, stuff, really. Old, like 1930s, 1940s. Like the most recent thing Eleanor and I can think of of someone who's passed away and, and have had something named after them is, is we have Ledger. a... Um, yeah, yeah. The He's state from Perth. The State Theatre, um, which is where they have like productions of not just theatre, but they'll do like poetry and, and comedy and just general arts, arts. that aren't... Um, film. Huge seating. Yeah, they'll do like film screenings there. I think the capacity of the venue is like... It's not big. Yeah, it's like 2,500 or something or maybe 3,000. It's, it's, in, it's in the city. Yeah. It's in the city centre. So, it's in the Perth CBD. And that's called the Heath Ledger WA State Theatre. But like in terms of like but big What else has been named after anyone here? Like I can't think of anything. Shane All I can think of is the CIO kind of pipeline but and then Heath Ledger Theatre. They're the only two things I, I can think of. But like Shane Warne died and the, nothing was named after him. And he was like a really, really but, big sporting figure. But didn't he die this year? I don't know. I'm, I, I get him and then year. Steve Waugh confused. Apparently one's alive. They're probably going to name something after him eventually, but not yet. And Eleanor and I were saying like, like so they've got like that Senna S, which is a specific 
portion on the track named after Senna. Senna obviously didn't pass away in Brazil, but he was Brazilian. Um, One of the biggest Brazilian drivers apart from Paldi and Massa and Nasser. Yeah. No, probably the biggest. Barrichello was pretty good. But, um, no, but Senna was probably more well-known than but Barrichello. Then you, but then we think about it in Australia, like we don't have anything named after drivers. Like I don't think anything got named after Brock um, no, either. No, no, um, the, the mountain did. The no, tra- it's still called Mount Panorama. Did it's it? Mount Pan- Panorama, but I think he's got like um like Dr- Brock Hill or something. Uh, no, uh, like a like a grandstand named after him, grandstand or something like seating pavilion or the actual like function. There's something there's something to do Maybe. with Brock there. But that's really it. Like unless like you and I, what do you think if Ricardo had something? Even if like he did something really, I don't think we have anything named after like who are the really big Australians who have passed away recently. Like I don't think there's anything named after Olivia mm. Newton-John. I don't think there's even anything named after Steve Irwin, which I think that's probably the most surprising thing that no one's been named after him for. But maybe um, he didn't want it to be named after. He wanted the focus to be on Australia, on Australia Zoo. Yeah, maybe focus on the animals. And just makes you wonder, like, would no, we no, have anything named after like Ricardo when he retires? No, no, it's something Australian Zoo scholarships. They don't do buildings. They do like the something something scholarships and stuff. The something something foundation. Yeah, yeah. But I reckon, like, I would love to see like one of the raceways in WA named after like um, just Australian race drivers because it's a shame to see only old things named. Like, I don't think you should change the name from an old person who is well deserving of that respect to a new person unless something happens like Margaret Court. And then they yeah, change the I mean, names. Change her, but name it after. Who changed? I'm pretty sure they changed it after her the, because of her derogatory no, comments. Her name? Um, I think they, they changed it to no, the, the sponsor of that stadium. No, no, no. Who's the tennis player? She's got. Um, Ash Barty? Yvonne Gould on calling. If they name it after her, that'd be cool. I think she has a scholarship. That's what I'm saying. Like, so for example, Kathy Freeman, the Kathy Freeman Foundation. Foundation. They do charity and stuff. Is not it still actual building. David Warapunda Foundation. I don't think. It I is. think it is. I think it is. Is it okay? But anyway, I th- but that that's kind of more wholesome than like, oh yeah, name a building after me. No, no, name a foundation name a where you can start making a well, better we shall pathway see for someone if else. It is expected to be Ricardo's final two races this yeah. year. Let's see if anything naming wise come out of it because you know what, that would be really cool. Anyway, wait. Do you want to talk about one more thing at Flume? No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no. Talking no, no. about the who was standing in front of us in the queue to get in and standing in front of us at the amphitheater. I wasn't gonna. No, no, no. I wasn't gonna talk that's, about that because of, because of the mural. Because of the mural. Oh, okay. Hamilton had a mural after him. One, he's a really good driver. Two, he was actually made a like a national citizen. Is that what it's called? National honorary. I think honorary na- honorary citizen. Honorary national citizen. Honorary. Honorary. Yeah. Yes. That, that's that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, of Brazil. So he had his ceremony and like the color blue suit that he wore matched the blue of the flag. Eleanor and I were talking yeah. about this. Like, could you imagine like anyone rocking up to like be named an honorary? <laughs> honorary. Wrong. Honorary. That's funny. Oh, it's because I don't pronounce my R's. I, I don't use hard R's. Um, it's because you're not American. Honorary. Honorary. <laughs> Honorary, a, oh. a, a pseudo-citizen. Um, pseudo- <laughs> pseudo-citizen. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Let's call them pseudo-citizens. Um, it's a pretty big honour though. I don't think you, it, it doesn't happen often. Could you imagine? Like we, we call them an adopted Aussie. Like that's a terminology that we use. 
Um, yeah. But could you imagine if like you got like a, uh, you are an honorary citizenship of Australia and someone rocked up wearing a green and gold suit? I mean, I mean, are you got, are you off to the Olympics? Are you off to the Olympics? Are you off to make a speech? No. Do you remember the Olympics? Out the how they wore those really ugly like mint blazers and like the um, the style was shorts. the style was the nice. Style was nice. The colors the was color awful. was wrong. It was hilarious. The color like, made them look like do you like know that mint choc chip ice cream. Do you know that high? There's a high school in the city. Oh yeah, that high that school. have oh my god that, that exact color blue. I don't think they have it anymore. They used um, to. They when we were in high school, they had that exact color blazer, and they were made fun of. Because you think imagine, that's why they got rid of you it. You get the honorary citizenship, and then you rock up dressed like a seventeen-year-old high schooler. Like no thanks. Well, mind you, someone will, someone will probably look at it if they would look if great on Hamilton. Look great on Hamilton if, using if the blue. The thing is, if they were an adopted Aussie, do you reckon they would understand the green and gold? Do you reckon they would go, "Oh, they're blue, white, and red." No, no. You know what they would do? They'd be like, "Ooh, what's on their flag?" Oh, I know the Southern Cross, and they'd be like, "Ooh, you don't understand the connotations of wearing that." Or I wonder whether they would go black, yellow, and red in terms of colours. Oh, actually, mm. that'd be smart. That'd be smart. Anyway, um, while we were waiting in the line to go into Flume, um, small, small world, well, context, I love Perth. Eleanor and I have a couple of things for Ricardo. So Eleanor and the I on, both the bought Enchante. Enchante, the yellow um, lemon, lemon shirt. Oh, it's such a beautiful colour. So Eleanor. And like it makes me look tanned wearing it. And I wore it to work on Friday. So that's I had it. so many like weird like double take looks and someone like smiling at me. I'm like, yes, so Eleanor and I do. weekend, Brazil. So Eleanor and I do fit checks before we go to work and Eleanor will be like, I'm wearing out, this. Out, outfit checks because we, we own have a lot very, of very, items. very similar style in terms of fashion. And, and we, we work near each other. So we don't want to wear the same thing. So um, anyway, so Eleanor was yeah. like, yep, I'm wearing my Enchante lemon shirt today. And before going to Flume, I was like to Eleanor, maybe you should take it off because you don't want to wear someone else's merch to a concert. Like it's a little yeah. bit on the nose. Yeah, I get that. I, yeah. Uh, Anyways, we get off the bus. I would we, I would have worn it if it was hot, but man, it, it was, was cold. So cold. Um, so we get off the bus and the queue was really long. Like we're in the queue for about like half an hour. We were herded in like cattle, actually we through were. cattle gates. It was. It was hilarious. That's in, that's how in the middle of nowhere this place was. They used they cattle used gates to get us in. Cattle gates to herd um, us into the stadium. But yeah, so we were standing behind someone and we're like, oh, easy. Let's just go through the quick smithing queue. And this person had a Rick three hoodie on. And we're like, oh, what are the chances? We're in Perth. I mean, it is an F1 weekend. So, like, it's pretty cool that that, that Rick 3, is it raining outside? No, a bird just flew into the door. Oh, okay. As long as it's not it was raining. A, mag- a magpie just flew into the door. Oh, it's away. closed. Go away. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, it makes sense. It's a Rick 3 weekend, but why would you wear that at um, a concert? Anyway, we get into the amphitheater and we they go s- find they seats. Sit a couple and of they're sitting like two, in row, two rows in front of us. And Eleanor's like, what are the chances? And here's an even smaller way of Perth yeah. is um, because there were like, there were three, no, two opening acts. Um, I, and Flume capac- didn't I wonder what the capacity of the actual stadium was. I don't know. And like. A big capacity. Yeah. Not, not like, as big as like the MCG or something. No. But like, still big for Perth. Yeah, so like gates opened at like seven or something and Flume didn't come on until I think was it, it was like quarter to 11. No, he came on at 10 because he was supposed to start at 9.30. But it had yeah, he came on at 10, yeah, sorry. And he, so finished, his, his, he finished at 11.45. But his set started in a weird way because they had to like yeah, had shuffle the order issues. because of the tech issues. Anyway. anyway, so he started at 10 and anyway, like as you said, like, it was getting pretty dark. But before it got dark and they were starting to do like all the different color lighting, the people wearing the hoodie in front of us... Eleanor and I recognised them. And that is how small 
Perth is. You're like, I haven't seen that person in literally 20 years. Literally 20, 20, years. 20 years. We hadn't seen them since we were kids. And it's just like, what are the chances? So you know what? If you're hesitating on buying that merchandise of a favorite driver Do or it. team buy it. or band or even like your friends, buy it because it spurns conversations like this and like, you know what? That's good. It shows we've got common interests and that it, it, it bridges um, some uncomfortable, oh, should I reach out? Should I talk to them? That, yeah, it's that, nice. It was wholesome. That is a really good segue because the next thing on the list. I thought so. Is Vettel has released yeah, which merch. is I talked about it. Vettel has released merch, which is really interesting. So, um, so Vettel has, in case none uh, people haven't been following Vettel on, I only found out about it recently. Apparently, it's been out for a while. I think he's had it in production for a while, but I don't think it's oh. been available to Australia. Oh, okay, well that makes um, sense. So Vettel, throughout the entirety of the year, has had campaigns to oh, raise hell. awareness to specific causes that he thinks need more attention and that he thinks are important so um there are four particularly that um he is talking about it's Mm -hmm. the save the bees miami is sinking race for women race for women and then then lgbtq plus yeah so he's got a shirt generated for each of them now there was some discord on discourse sorry discord see discourse sorry on tumblr and people were going like, oh, it's so expensive. Like, his merch is not expensive at all. And someone went to town on them. And they're like, how dare you say that Vettel's merch is too expensive? For the fact that you're saying that means you have no idea or understanding of why he's doing this. Mm-hmm. They're expensive because it's ethical, sustainable, and it, he's actually generated it from what he deems is important to uh, sustainable supply chains. But also, like, in terms of, like, sending, um, like, the money for the merch – the money for the it merch the raised, proceeds. it's for the charity that it's the merch is promoting. It's not like he's putting it really expensive to like have it for himself. It's expensive yeah. in order to give the money to the cause that the shirts are trying to raise money for. Anyway, I was curious because I'm like, oh, how much is this? Are people just like complaining it's too much? It's like $80? Um, well, the way that the website's um, it's split not in up, dollars, it's... Is it? No, no, the way that the website's split up, it's split up through, like, shipping. It's, like, America, Canada, South America, um, South America, I think Germany as its own country, and then mm-hmm. Europe plus global. So, we fall into the global part, and it's 70 euros. I mean, I'm not too sure what exchange rate that is to Australian, but 70 euros for a t-shirt, and if half of that... Wait, pro- 70 euros, that's, like, hold on, I'll get... Like I, $110? Oh, it depends what the exchange rate is. For a while the, there, it was the Euro, No, that's Keep that's talking. I'll go find it. Um, anyway, and if you think about it, he's not taking all of the proceeds and the money to himself. Obviously, he's going to keep a proportion was of Was it the, 70 euros? 70 euros, yeah. He's going to keep a proportion of the funds to obviously cover the costs of producing the shirt. He's obviously going to take a little bit for himself, probably not as much as everyone else would in his position. Okay, take a guess. And then the rest, hold on, and then the rest of the money goes to the actual charity. So by that means, he'll probably give like what, at least like 40% of the funds to the charity. That's not bad. So take a guess. So 70 euros equals how many? I'm going to say $112 Australian. $108. <gasps> yeah, quick maths. Well, the thing is, is like you have a look at the the chart of the exchange rate. When were you and I last in Europe? Uh, 2019. 2020, we were last in Europe. Well, we January did, 2020. We, we, did, we did all of our money exchanged over in 2019. So, yeah. 
which what? means can you see the the trend of the graph yeah 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 the where it's sitting is currently sitting is it bef- is it above or below the pound it's sitting at where it was in about 2017 2017 did we go to europe in 2017 yeah. oh yeah that's when we went to germany Ooh. so it's like okay. one australian dollar gives you like hold on what is so it's good for australians going over then oh yeah it's uh one, one australian dollar gives you 60 66 okay it's not too bad 65.6 so 66 that's not too bad at yeah. all. but anyway like okay he's going to make his merch more expensive so a significant amount of money can be sent to the actual charities like yeah i understand that so is there anything else you want oh ricardo merch anything you wanted to say to say to that no, that's oh, that was I the actual that, that was the actual point. Okay, yeah, it was so, the dude in front of us in the queue. I, I think, wanted to talk about that. I think everything else on here is like the actual qualifying in the race. Okay, so now FP FP one uneventful. No one was really using the soft tires because they knew that they wanted to save the softs for the actual like race. Anyway, so a lot of people were using mediums and hards. Okay, it's not really representative to the race conditions, but they were like, okay, mediums and hards, good idea. FP1, nothing really eventful happened in FP1, so that was it. I think the ending of like FP1, the top teams were still at the top, the bottom teams were still at the bottom. The only thing that was really interesting for FP1 was that people compacted their, what they would typically do over three weight, three um, free practice sessions over a race weekend into one. Yeah, but um, the only oh, actually the only key thing that came out of FP one was that Signs was taking a five place grid penalty, the grid penalty being served for the actual Sunday race, not the sprint race, because he's on his sixth out of th- three, six out of three engine uses limits. To be honest, limits. I'm so more people haven't taken more penalties, but I think they're at the end of the year and they've gone. What's but, the point? But Signs had to change his engine because of the last couple of races. Yeah, how bad they were. So like, I reckon a Ferrari. I reckon if Ferrari could have chosen to keep the same engine, they would have. But they were like, mm, no, have to change it. So I think that was the only other key information that came out of FP1. And now qualifying. So qualifying the way that it was set, it was the same day as FP1. However, in the evening, the weather had turned. So the, well, gen- no, the commentary at the end of FP1 was, it's not been raining for FP1. However... Look at the sky. Look how it's performing. We think that it's going to rain either sometime this afternoon or evening. We just don't know when. But in terms of like the weather, the stats for like that, the stats for that area of Brazil, it's like it's bo- it rains like one every three days around that same same time of the year. So the chances of rain very 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 high. Anyway, so quali starts. Quali starts. It's Before qualification, it is it's drizzling. Pour, no, it was pouring. Was it the, actually? Yeah, it was really raining at the beginning of it, and then it starts oh. to rain a little bit less and stops enough where it has it's dry. Well, no, no, no. It stops enough that it like it's drizzling, but like the drizzle makes it a lot more wet than it actually would be because of the humidity. And because of the humidity, think back to Singapore. The water isn't being taken out of the track as much as it would in a really, really dry condition. It's track. just hovering and it's sitting quite low. So, first, like the the rain stopped and it's drizzled and it's really humid. And so, qualifying works. Q one. The slowest five drivers get knocked out. Q2, the next five slowest drivers get knocked out. Q3, the order of the 10 drivers is the actual way that the um, starting grid starts. So the standard qualifying practice has been for like the past 10 years. Yes, but I thought I would remind people because I sometimes forget. Anyway, because of how quickly the track 
conditions were improving, more and more cars driving around, the rubber getting put onto the track, the water getting taken off of the track, the order of the 20 cars changed every couple of minutes. And every, it was every single one as well, not every, just like run, one random person. Everyone was getting faster and faster and faster and faster. And I think there was only like maybe two minutes left or like – oh, it, it, was, it was still wet enough to be on the intermediates. Everyone stayed on the intermediates until Q3. It was at that point where Ferrari, like Ferrari would get a – all right, provisional P2, and then by the time they had finished that lap, would be down in P17. Well, no, one key thing is right before the last five drivers got knocked out, Ricardo was in fifth, then yeah. Ricardo got knocked down to 14th. Just within like a matter of like 50 seconds. Yeah, and I can't remember which five drivers got knocked out but Schumacher ended up coming 20th the two Alfa Romeos were knocked out I think Sonoda was knocked out and then Latifi yes yeah that were the bottom five no it was Albon as well both it was oh no Albon got through Albon, Albon was Albon, like ninth Albon got, Albon got through but the thing is the bottom five drivers you had no idea they were going to be the bottom five because Bottas was like sitting at like sixth or seventh at and one Schumacher point at one point was sitting at like and 11th based on the timing of the track if you just happened to start your final lap at the wrong time you got knocked out which is a good example of Mick Mick got knocked out because he started his last lap at the wrong time so when everyone else kind of gets that second lap to go just as soon as the countdown starts he, he didn't, didn't. One. so that takes us into Q2. Q2, it's still too wet to have slicks on. Everyone's using intermediates. This one's a little bit like, it, it's not too much of a surprise. The ramping up of the track didn't happen as quickly as the previous one. So pretty much everyone set their lap times and, and it was pretty much what you did in your first time. You got faster, but mm. the order didn't shift around that much. Mm. And anyway, so like based on Q2, it wasn't raining but rain was probably due to start in Q3 or at the end of Q3. They didn't really know the exact timings, but they knew that it was dry enough to be able to go onto slicks potentially in Q3 if the weather held out. So in Q2, um, Ricardo, who got knocked out? Ricardo got knocked out. Um, I don't know. It was too long ago now. Oh my God, who, who got knocked out? Hold on, let me, hold on. Stall, talk. It was Ricardo. It was... Uh, Ocon? Katrina, that's not stalling. That's, was, that's just trying to guess the drivers um, in the grid. I'm trying. Okay, Who hold else on. was there? Um, Ooh, no, wrong we one. got Gasly. Gasly didn't get no. into the top ten. Yes, he did. Did he? All right, not Gasly. Um, <laughs> Norris? No, Norris Norris finished fourth. Hold on. Uh, I'll, I've got... I've got I've, <laughs> Katrina, Jesus. I mean, you're trying. You're not really not trying. Really okay. Trying so, in term, so qualifying results. In Q1... Latifi, Zoe, Bottas, Sonoda, Mick. That was 16 down to, tw down to 20. Oh, okay. So then there was Vettel. In now, Q let me guess. There's in Vettel, Q2. Stroll, Ricardo, Albon. Yep. That was it. Gasly. Vettel, no, you Stroll, were right. Ricardo. Gasly was knocked out. So hold on. C. It was Albon, Gasly, Vettel, Ricardo, Stroll. Anyway, the key thing with Gasly was in Q2, towards the end of Q2, Gasly was the first person who was brave enough to put on soft tyres. But right at the end, because I wanted to see whether it was worth getting in another lap or not. And he was quicker in the first section, sector, but for the other sections, he wasn't. For the first, so everyone stayed for the on first intermediates. Lap. Yes. Anyway, for, for Q2. The, 
for the first lap and then Gasly's second lap he goes to provisional pole and he was like at least a couple of seconds faster than everyone else the moment that the rest of the to- the teams saw the time difference everyone 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 went on slick tires Anyway, in the same last couple of minutes, you could not guess who was who. Like, you you couldn't guess who was going to be in pole position and who was going to get knocked out. And the same thing happened towards the end of Q2. The drivers who started the laps at the wrong time didn't improve. However, at the end of Q2, it was drizzling a little bit. So, there was some more rain. But, like, Ricardo didn't do well because the time that he went out, he ended up matching the same time, didn't do better because that was when it was like spitting a little bit more at one part of the track or whatnot. Anyway, this takes us to Q3. Mm. So the people who are in Q3 are your two Ferraris. Half the ones that I said a second ago. Your two Ferraris, your two Mercedes, your two Red Bulls. You've got Norris, you've got Magnussen, and then you've got, I'm forgetting someone, Norris, Magnussen, I think Alonso. Albon. Norris. Norris, Magnussen, Alonso. Oh, that's it. Alonso's the last one. And Ocon. Yep. Yep. So, interesting. The grid, it's about, Q3 starts, it's about to rain any second. Any second and everybody is. But it's not raining. No, no. It is not raining, but it's not raining. It's not raining, but it's going to rain any second. And everyone's like, okay, it's not raining. The water's been taken off the track. It's not drizzling. Everyone go on slicks. Apart from Leclerc. Leclerc Ah, is trying Ferrari, what are you doing? And this is what I... I think it was Martin Brundle. Oh, the World Cup's going to be on SBS this year. Yeah, no. I think um, Martin Brundle said this. He made the mistake in whatever race that he was driving in. The exact mistake. The exact mistake. You drive for the current conditions, not the future conditions. And the example Brundle said was that he was like, okay... I was on wet tyres. The whole track was on wet tyres. They said it was going to rain in, in like any time, but everyone else went on to intermediates. Not I me. stayed on the wets. And I lost. And it didn't rain. I should have changed. And that was the comparison used for Leclerc. Why are you driving for something that you're expecting to happen, not currently happening? Anyway, so everybody are on soft, everyone is on the soft tyre compound apart from Leclerc. And Leclerc's like third out of the line at this point. Like he's yep. right at the front of the queue. Yep. But the front of the person at the front of the queue is Magnuson, and then it goes Magnuson, and I think it was it wasn't Leclerc, I think it was like Alonso, no, one of the Mercedes. What's blue? Oh, it, was, it would have been one of the Mercedes. I don't know, but Science was right behind Leclerc, and they were doing. They're like, is Leclerc on Inters? And they're like, yep. No, no. Um, Leclerc was like, am I the only one on Inters? And, and then, then Ferrari, was like, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, anyway, so Q three starts. Everyone gets out. Essentially, the, there's, there's two the, clean laps before it starts to rain. No, but everybody knew that they would only have maybe one, two, three at most clean laps on the slicks before the rain was about to start. Then they would have to go on inters. And then at that point, what's the point? Because they're not going to be able to get a faster time on the inters than they would for the soft tyres. Anyway, so lap one finishes, lap two, th- lap two finishes, going into lap three. Russell gets a red flag, goes onto the gravel. However, avoids crashing into the wall, but somehow beaches himself in gravel and he's bogged. However, why do they use beach, not bogged? Because like, it's like a beach whale. No one's not. You don't call it a a whale whale. on sand. No, but you get bogged if it's a car on sand. I don't know. Whales, whales don't have wheels. So a whale. (laughs) Whales don't have wheels. 
No, they don't. Yeah, and the F1 cars may be as heavy as a whale, but they have wheels. So they'd be like, yeah, it's bogged. Okay. And you want one other thing that really pisses because, me like, off. Because a whale enough. can't turn itself over once it's beached. Yeah, but a car can't turn itself over once it's bogged. Anyways, bogged is a better way than saying beached. Beached pisses okay. me off because it's not a beach, it's gravel. Okay. Anyways, anyway. No, but no, no, no. I've got one more thing. Okay. If they use the terminology of bogged, what does every four-wheel drive – because four-wheel drives are really heavy as well. What do four-wheel drives have to – everyone, when you're in Australia and you're going sand dunes. They a bull bar. <sighs> yes. Or is it a roo bar? It depends where you're from. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Um, no, actually, no, I, I asked Ella this the other day. A rhubar is in your car. you got the little one that just goes like this in the center. That's a rhubar. A bull bar is the one that actually goes around for like cattle. Oh, well, Anyways, bull bar, rhubar, fair enough. Four-wheel drives, you go four-wheel driving on sand, have max trads. Ma- maxi tracks. Max tracks. Max tracks. It's a brand of you know, plastic think, to help you get debogged. Yeah, why? And they've got like the little like chocks that they put behind the wheels to stop them rolling. Like you saw them do that for um, Albon in the sprint race. But um, why do they not have Max Tracks? They li- automatically lift it up with a crane. Would you not want to like actually try and like get something else underneath it first? Because they probably want to um, keep the integrity of the tyres to like back to like look at Anyways, the- it, this is my petition to stop calling them. They've beached themselves in the gravel. They're bogged. Anyway, so Russell laps, got bogged. Lap three, Russell causes a red flag because, because he's he bogged. Is on the gravel and can't get out. He's bogged in the gravel. Anyway, so that Wait, rephrase. He's bogged himself. He tried to get out, but as you do when you get bogged in sand, when you try and move your tires, it just puts you in deeper. So keep in mind that's one thing. So Russell has caused a yellow and then a red flag. Ferrari at this point, Leclerc does one lap on the inters. He goes just past the pit lane and he's like, should I box? Should I should I come in for slicks? And they're like, no, don't. A split second later, he's already past the pit lane. They're like, box, 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 box. And he's like, great, awesome. So Leclerc doesn't actually get a time. He doesn't set a time. He doesn't set a time for Q3. But think about it. Think of where Leclerc was out on exiting. Leclerc has also, also in that one lap, slowed down Perez and slowed down Hamilton to in the, terms of timing to, to the, the point, point that, that they, they don't get good times. Enough lap. So the bottom three are Perez, no, Eighth, Perez, Hamilton and Leclerc. Because this red flag effectively stopped the entire session. And in the middle of this red flag, it started raining heavily. Yep. And anyway, who was the first person out of the pit lane? Start of Q3? Magnuson. Now, this is... I'll let, I'll let you explain now, the rest. Now, this is why numbers Tag team, are take really... Take the baton. This is why numbers are really interesting. So, this is Magnuson's first ever pole. Oh, yeah. He gets pole position because no one beats him because of the red flag. Yeah. So, the starting grid, it goes... Magnussen, Verstappen. There's Magnussen, Verstappen, Russell. Oh, there's a meme on Tumblr and it was like, call an ambulance, call an ambulance. But then it's Russell's face. But not for me. Because he's qualified. So Russell, Russell still keeps his third position despite and then fourth is, the red flag. It goes fourth signs. Is, fourth is Norris. Oh, then signs. Science is fifth. And then sixth Ocon is Alonso. Ocon, seventh is Alonso. Eighth is Hamilton. Ninth, ninth is, is Perez. Oh, I think it was Perez. Tenth Hamilton. Is, I think Hamilton's ninth. No, Hamilton was eighth. Oh, okay. Anyway, and then Leclerc. 
Paul Leclerc. Ferrari yep. really screwed up their strategy for this one. Anyway, back to our anyway, so Haas, important person, Magnussen. So, so Kevin Magnussen gets his first ever pole position in an F1 race. The reason why this is even cooler is because, one, it's his first ever position in F1. He's got poles his before. His first pole position pole in pole position. F1. He's gotten pole positions before in his previous races. He, he's, got, he's got a podium he before had on his debut. He had a year off of racing. Haas does not put any money into their cars because they cannot financially afford it. So he knows that he has a small car, so a a slow car. So the fact that he's gotten first is amazing. It was his 140th race weekend start. It is Haas's 100th race start weekend. And it was Gunter's birthday. No, it was the the team owner's birthday as well on the Saturday. And then the day after, it's Gunter Steiner's birthday. And how nice is that with the numbers? We talked about the numbers for Carlos's win in Silverstone. We talked about the numbers for Perez's win in Singapore. We talked about um, numbers for Vettel's race leads. It's just – and even with the Stappen and Senna at the beginning of it, it's just really nice. And you looked at all of the – so they were in their garage and the celebrations in Haas were just huge and it was really lovely. But then what they did was, which was interesting, was they did all like the other like interviews and stuff with everyone later. But they, everyone, all the drivers who were interviewed regarding Haas having their first ever poll, every single person was happy. Typically you're like, oh, I'm disappointed. I finished second. I'm disappointed. I've qualified fourth. I've qualified eighth. Apart from Pe- Hamilton, Perez, and Leclerc being upset, they were eight, nine, ten. I mean, they kind of had like a reason to be a little bit upset because they had their own problems. So well, and the yeah. only reason why they didn't do well was one, Leclerc was slowing everyone down. Two, George once again caused a red flag. However, every single person when they talked about Magnussen's first pole, not a single driver was unhappy, and everyone was like. This is amazing. He really deserves this. Let's just focus on him. I don't. I know I'm not happy with where I finished, but that's not draw attention to that this weekend. This is all about Kevin and all about his achievements within the team and the team's achievements to get him there. Let's pay attention on that. And every single driver was so happy. And there was a couple of them. I think it was Norris and I think it was Gasly. And Verstappen. No, no. I think it was Norris and I think it was Gasly. And both of them were like, this is what we love to see. It's race weekends like this where they're surprising oh, okay. people coming in first and doing things that just shake up the whole thing that keeps it interesting. And then Verstappen was like, "Oh, who beat me for who beat me for P1?" And he was like, "Kevin." Oh, oh Kevin. Kevin. Like it was just all of the content around Magnussen getting pole position. It was so wholesome. And like while he was driving around the track, they're like, "Your provisional pole." And he's just like, "Let's not celebrate Don't yet. Celebrate Let's yet. Not celebrate Don't celebrate yet. yet because at that point they didn't know that they were going to go out again. So while the red flag had happened, they cleared the track. It was pissing down with rain. Am I allowed to say that? Anyway, it was pissing down with rain. The only person who came out and completed Hamilton a lap and tried another one was Hamilton. Was so slow, he didn't because even. he'd been made a honorary Brazilian, Brazilian citizen. citizen. So he was like, but, "I'll do it for the people." But the thing is, is seeing their response to Kevin getting his pole makes you go, "You know what? If any of the other drivers got their first ever pole or first ever win, they would be just as happy." Could you imagine if it was Albon's first pole, or could you imagine if it was Joe's? first poll like any one of those would be so nice and there are a couple more statistics he was the um he's the 100 he's the the 106th driver to ever get a pole position he's the fourth he's the fourth for 2022 and this is denmark's first ever pole position yep which is really cool but it was just really wholesome to see how the engineers were celebrating how he was celebrating how everyone was celebrating everyone was ecstatic and no one was upset 
like if your rival beats you, obviously you're not going to feel great for them. But then but this also, was an example where they're like, good on you. But even to the point where no one I'm goes, well, I think everyone acknowledged it was a fluke and everyone acknowledged that they were very lucky and that others were unlucky. But no one drew attention to that, which is so nice because it's good because, yes, it may have been lucky, but there's a lot of hard work that's been put into that. And it's so respectful and mature not to draw attention to the luck side of things. Anyway, so that was really nice. That was qualification. And then the next day we have the sprint. And so everyone's like, oh, what's the plan for the race? What's the plan for the race? What's the plan for the race? I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to have fun. Exactly. Because like they know that ultimately they're not going to be able to hold back the whole pack to stay on pole. And ruining the outcome here, Magnuson didn't win. He didn't win, but their main aim was to get points. Anyway, it was just so... Which he succeeded. He did get points. He got eighth. So he got one point, which is the one point that Haas needed to beat Alpha Tauri. So those of you unfamiliar with Sprint Weekends, the points are different to the actual race and there's eight points up for grabs for the first eight positions. It goes eight points for first, seven points for second, six for third, and so on all the way down. So at the moment before the Sprint Race Weekend commenced... Haas was one point higher than Alpha Tauri. So they were already one point higher. Now, Magnussen finishes eighth, which means he gets a, another point, which means that they are now two points ahead of Alpha Tauri. Anyway, the, the order of, of finishing for the teams and the constructors has an influence on the amount of funding. However, if Haas is able to maintain that position of where they're at and no. they're able to keep Alpha Tauri behind them, oh, so if yes, Alpha Tauri yes, yes, don't yes. Um, overtake them within the constructor standings, um, the, the commentary mentioned that it was $12 million difference which is in funding, which would Haas be huge for Haas. So hopefully... Based on this sprint results, it'll be good. They'll be able to get more points. So let's draw attention to a couple of the people for the sprint weekend. Anyway, no, no, no. Before the sprint weekend starts, they're interviewing Magnuson. And some of the key things that Magnuson has said is just like, it's so nice to be at the front of the grid. Everyone's going to take a lot lot of pictures. It's great. I'm not used to this. Meanwhile, as they're interviewing Magnuson... (laughs) There's a Beatles tribute band just blasting away and like he's talking then all of a sudden twist and shout come on and then it cuts to once Magnuson finishes talking it then cuts to Barrichello and he was just like um, they're talking about the, the Beatles tribute band and he was like have the Beatles been adopted as the new band for Brazil? And he's like, no, 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 we just like to be noisy. And man, that band was so noisy because no matter what interview you were, you were listening you to, you could hear a Beatles saying, song. Yeah. So, for example, it's like, we love you. There was like, you could just hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you just hear it. But people were singing along it was too. Great. It, was, it was such a great um, It was. It was awesome. But I'm going to go on to the completely unhinged commentary that some of our drivers and people have made on the race. You cool with doing this topic next? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got Mr. Barrichello being like, yes, we like to be noisy. Not really like a sassy comment, but like sassy enough to be at least acknowledging that it's not like PC. Anyway, so there are a couple of interesting things that happen in the sprint race. Should we just talk about general positions as opposed uh, oh, yeah, before, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, before like the actual really key interesting points? There ahead, were so Brazil is known as being one of the race tracks that has the most overtakes traditionally in racing weekends, regardless of it. Like for those of you who watched last year, um, uh, Hamilton started the sprint race weekend at twentieth, finished the sprint in tenth, and then for the race started tenth and then finished first. He did very so 20 well. Twenty positions over the entire weekend. Now. Mick Schumacher, 
who we are huge fans of this weekend, started the sprint race in 20th. As Eleanor mentioned before, Haas bookended the the sprint qualifying. First and 20th. 20th. Now, sadly for Magnussen, he wasn't able to hold on to first. But uh, he got eighth. He finished the sprint in eighth. So we went from first down to eighth. So he dropped effectively seven seven positions. But hold on. Now, Mick. Hold on. Magnuson, he did a really good job considering his car's capacity. But Magnussen led the race. He didn't get overtaken until the third lap. Which is great. And I think, and that's really good to see. But um, Schumacher, who we are big fans of in this household. Very, very pro Mick. Yeah, yeah, very pro Mick. Um, went from 20th. He went up eight places and finished 12th. I mean, if that's not to show that this guy deserves to stay in there and he's doing consistently really, really well... Um, I don't know what is so, but he was the, he had the most grid position gained out of out all of, of them everyone that in the sprint race. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got Mick starting twelfth, and um, then oh, okay. So there was so um, the way that it started run, running the ra- the way that the race was ran. Um, Magnussen obviously started off first. Verstappen was second, and then so on and so forth. So Verstappen obviously overtook Magnussen, and as Magnussen slowly dropped down the ranks, um, the grid was shuffled, and so Russell then came to second, and then it was Sainz third, Hamilton fourth. Yeah, and so there's a little bit of a um, battle between Verstappen and Russell, just slowly overtaking, not overtaking, overtaking, not overtaking. And finally, Russell manages to get past Verstappen. But, however, Albon causes a yellow... Sorry, Russell hasn't got past Verstappen, but Albon causes a yellow flag and he goes completely off off the track and into the gravel. So Albon doesn't finish for the race. Anyway, so Verstappen is still in the lead from Russell, but Russell has had enough time in that yellow flag to charge up his battery and Russell completes his overtake and so Russell is leading the race. And that's how it stays for the rest of the race. Russell overtakes Verstappen, finishes first, and Russell gets his first ever win. It's not a Grand Prix win. Grand, oh gosh. You and I Gr- aren't good for that Grand with our R's Prix this weekend. win. However, and he it's doesn't still get a his win. anthem and he doesn't get a, a trophy. He got a medal. But he does get a medal. And it's still a win. And it's still a win. And he's still he's showing that he is is worthwhile of his seat. He's a good driver and he's one to watch. Oh yeah, definitely. Anyway, so Russell, P one, wins. But that means Russell is P one for the Grand Prix tomorrow. Okay. Keep that in mind. So Verstappen started second um, and there's a really cool specific thing how it's um, – oh, I don't have it, Eleanor. Um, there you go. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Um, Sorry, Katrina's just showing me the remote. So we, we keep the TV on in the background while we're talking. But I don't want to watch and someone baking an avocado cake. And it's someone who – it looks like they've they've shoved a piece of bread and an avocado in, in a, a blender. blender. And, and now she's using a spoon for an avocado that's too hard. Oh, there's, two, there's two cooks – and anyway, one of the, so, the second was looking um, really confused. Anyway, thank you. Russell has overtaken Verstappen. Verstappen is now sitting second. Russell is now first. There's a really cool part where Science is in third and he's getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to Verstappen. And it gets to the point where they're battling side by side to overtake. Now, um, Carlos no, is no, on no. the inside. Verstappen is on the outside. However, um, Verstappen turns in a tiny bit too much when 
um, Carlos has gotten ahead of him and Max's front left wing gets clipped. But how but before that, in the battle between no, we'll Russell, talk about no, but in the battle between Russell and Verstappen, Verstappen goes a little bit too far to the left and gets a little bit of damage from some debris in that left part of the track, which made him slow down, which is why he lost those places to someone else. What time did it? Where did Verstappen finish? Fourth, fourth, yeah, with the grid. With the way that the third, third with the way fourth, that fourth, but effectively now third, yeah, um, yeah. So Max receives damage from Carlos overtaking him. However, it wasn't Carlos turning into him. Max had just clipped the back right hand wheel of Carlos when they were finishing out of the corner, and it was recognised as a racing incident. Which means Carlos signs finishes junior. second. Yeah, he is second. He gets yeah. seven points, which is really needed for him in the standings. But also, he's currently he, finishing six. But, but now, with those points, he is still six. But the gap between him and Hamilton has closed down to I think five. Points? I don't know. But Three however, Signs started fourth, and because of the five, Sainz started fifth. Oh, Signs started fifth, but because Signs knew he had the five-place grid penalty, he needed to do the best he could possibly do to try to negate that penalty. Anyway, he knew that he wasn't going to win. He says that in the interviews, and he was like, P2 was the best that we could possibly get, and he got it, and he got it. And so now, with the grid penalties, keep this in mind, Signs finishes second in the sprint, so he gets his seven points. However, he five, with his five-place five grid penalty, he's starting seventh tomorrow. Anyway, no one ever takes signs, and so it's a battle between third and fourth. So, the battle between third and fourth is between Max Verstappen and Hamilton. And I don't know whether this is me being biased, whether this is me reading too much into it. Or maybe it was just the way that, like, where the racing actually happened and and where the the cars are overtaken or, or like how the how camera they were or how, how the, the camera, camera angles shown. are. But it looked like it was a lot closer between – sorry, pardon me – it looked like it was a lot closer and harder to overtake for the Mercedes to overtake the Red Bull than it was for Ferrari. When when Science did his overtake it, on Verstappen, it looked relatively easy. Like there wasn't too s- much of con- like contention there. Like it was dare just I say Verstappen let Science through. He goes, yeah, I'm not going to battle this, but he didn't let Russell through, and he did not let Hamilton through. Like he did not want to let either of them through. So maybe that's just the, the 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 narrative that the media is showing or maybe he just doesn't like the Mercedes or maybe he was like, well, I can fight a Mercedes but I can't fight a Ferrari. I don't know. Anyway, so Hamilton ends up overtaking Verstappen. So Hamilton is third. So our one, two, three, it goes Mercedes, Ferrari, Mercedes. However, with signs in his five-place grid penalty, Hamilton is now... P2. So it's Which the is first Mercedes's first 1 2 race weekend start all year, all 2022. Anyway, so that means Verstappen, who finishes fourth, goes to third, and so on and so forth. So that's really the front runners. Um, Perez and Leclerc, they're kind both of state. Increased, they don't, I mean, they both didn't go up by that much. So Perez finishes fifth, Leclerc finished sixth, Norris seventh, Norris seventh, Magnus Magnuson eighth. eighth. Talking, ninth talk, was, before we got a ninth talking to Norris God oh. he he sounded ill at the beginning so he sounded ill like at oh, the end of FP1 talk about, talk about the seat talk about the seats oh so he was so ill um on a uh, free practice session and Thursday he was ill on Thursday yeah, he was ill on Thursday he was so ill on Thursday that they did a seat fitting specifically for uh, DeVries to fill in for McLaren because that was the, he was the only reserve driver that they had on hand because he was that ill. So 
he didn't end up racing for them this weekend and he may he may not race for them still. It depends on how Norris is feeling. However, Norris looks so sick. Norris looked so ill and he was like, yeah, I don't think I'll be he able looked, to finish the sprint weekend because he looked he grey. Yeah, he looked grey and sweaty. Like, not like a it's hot, it's sweaty. It's the... He looked I'm, like he has food poisoning or something. I'm ill and I'm going to pass out sweaty. So I would love to see how Norris fares up because he did well to he get did seven. well for that. But I, I feel as if pushing a, a sprint weekend mean you means you you're pushing your health potentially to not perform on a race weekend. That's not like the actual race race. So I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, so at that point, Norris is seventh, Magnuson is eighth, and then our boy Vettel is ninth. We love Vettel. Do you want to? You, I know you love talking about Vettel. No, no, you, you can want, go for it this one. Th- I'll talk about Alonso and knock on. You can talk about Vettel and Stroll. Okay, so throughout the race, um, Vettel and Stroll are near each other. Stroll is ahead, Vettel is behind. And keep in mind, Stroll caused an accident with Alonso when. They did the yeehaw, yeehaw in Coda. So Stroll was found to be at fault for causing a dangerous event. Um, and he got a grid place penalty in Mexico, Mexico. as a result. He got three, a three drop. Uh, he, he, got a grid, like he got a grid penalty or he got like a time penalty whatnot. Anyway, so it's a battle between Stroll and Vettel. And between Stroll and Vettel, Stroll is ahead, Vettel's behind. Vettel goes to take the inside line. Plenty of room enough room for Vettel to go past. Stroll just completely swerves left. He's causes, like, no, nope, screw you. Causes Vettel to go half on the tarmac, half on the grass, nearly hitting a steward. There's some really interesting footage afterwards. It's not released straight away, but the what we can see is from behind and from Vettel's camera, the way that it looks when that whole move is happening. But what we see is the camera um, facing towards the drivers as if the cars are coming towards them. Yeah. And you can literally see a steward jump out of the way of Vettel being pushed into a wall. So keep this in mind, like they note that so no no advantage was gained. No one had like there wasn't an incident. Nothing happened. But it was dangerous. It was and dangerous. Not just dangerous to Vettel. It was dangerous to the stewards who have to stay at their markers throughout the race. Exactly. And so while we're watching the race, they're like, okay, um, the stewards are investigating a incident between Stroll and Vettel. Fine. A couple of la- a couple of laps later, Vettel ends up overtaking Stroll. So it doesn't really matter. However, but Stroll just- does not want to let Vettel through at that point either. Like he's like, no, I'm not letting anyone through. At that point, going back to the unhinged commentary of the radio this last weekend, mm. all Vettel says is, okay. But it's not okay like that. It's a, it's a okay. okay. like, And then he ends up overtaking him. Vettel ends up finishing – hold on, where did I get this? Uh, Vettel ends up finishing ninth. So yeah. he does well. So that, Which means if he finishes in ninth tomorrow, he gets – so yay Vettel was because just there's two people who hold a record so there's out of the current drivers at the Brazil track both Hamilton and Vettel of the active current drivers oh active there you go of the active current drivers both of them have finished third uh, uh, three what? race sorry <laughs> both of them they, they drew third. I saw the three and I was like Ooh. can you have a draw in an F1 if I don't you match so. the exact same times uh probably um both of them have won Brazil three times each so they both came third. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, so that's so that's interesting. So think about the commentary and the level of sass provided by Vettel in that one event. He all he said was okay. 
And so then talking through the grid places, so Vettel is 9th, Gasly is 10th, Ricardo is 11th, and Schumacher is 12th. So at this point, we're watching the race happen. Stroll would have slotted in here in terms of the positioning. However, he gets awarded a 10-second penalty for causing a dangerous maneuver. Dare I say if they had like the cameras positioned in a certain way and the steward didn't have to jump out, it might have been different. However, Stroll is given a 10-second time penalty which is then which then means that the final order is it goes Ricardo 11th Schumacher 12th Zoe 13th Bottas 14th Sonoda 15th Stroll 16th before you move on from that though and then Ocon Alonso Latifi Albon Albon didn't finish the race because as we mentioned before he caused a yellow flag um, and ended up getting the car in the gravel now, though, so before you move on to that, so Stroll got a 10-second penalty for dangerous driving with Vettel. Now, my issue is 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 that Russell got a 10-second penalty for pushing science off the track. Yeah. Like, crashing out... Yeah, I don't know. I just think it, it's a little bit we, I think we unfair. talked about this in a couple of podcasts ago. The inconsistency with the penalties, it needs to be reviewed. Okay, so that is... Just drawing attention to that again, that the inconsistency is still there. Anyway, so before we go on to the next key topic, Ricardo, we we love Ricardo. He's a Perth boy. We say this every single episode. However, there are some parts of Australian slang and just general general (laughs) phrases and terminology that you forget are said quite commonly here, but But can be perceived as quite rude otherwise. But aren't common elsewhere. So... Um, in in replacement of the F word, we're using frog. So frogged, frogging, frog. Okay? Frogged. Frogged. As of the past tense for the F word, frogged. Cool. Great. On the same page. So Ricardo's driving along and he's just like... The front right, right's frogged. The front right's frogged. And he says it like that. He's like, front right's frogged. And you're like, okay, I didn't realise that. It, so- it sounded... Weirdly refreshing, but weirdly out of place. You're like hearing it, you're like, all right, cool. Like, it's it's stuffed. Talking, but that's talking to the tyre degradation. Everyone was on the softs for the whole race, apart from Bottas. Latifi and Verstappen, specifically, okay, because I don't know what um, Williams are doing. Who cares about them, to be honest? Um, hey, no, no. In regards Williams to this. Williams are doing no, no, so no. well. In regards to this, because we don't hear from them for why they've chosen the strategy. Whereas oh, afterwards, okay. yeah, yeah. they interview Horner for why they chose that strategy. That's why. Oh, okay. okay. That's and what they are getting at. Yeah. And they ask Horner of like, why, like, are you happy that you're going to have two fresh softs um, tomorrow, considering that um, other teams now have one used soft and like one fresh soft and he goes, I would have rather have two new softs and a win today, but alas, we don't have, like we can't have everything or something. Anyway. Whereas we don't hear from Williams for why they chose medium and soft. I think that's why um, Red Bull chose it because they wanted two softs of the weekend because they know that they were going, they need to to finish higher up. But I I feel that when Williams, depending on the positions that they were, they, they could swap or mix up their tire strategy, and it. They were I like, think they probably did it for the data purposes, though, right? Because yeah. they had Sergeant in one of them. They may not have been yeah. able to use data from him. I don't know. But think about back to Melbourne. Albon basically did forty-five laps on the medium 52. tire. Fifty-two laps on the medium tire. Fifty-two out of fifty-three. It might be similar conditions to Australia. Maybe they were like, okay, let's. No, test. he did it on a hard tire. He did the on a hard whole tire. thing on a hard tire, and they did one lap on a medium. On a medium, because he had to do the the tire changes. Um. Anyway, so keep that in mind. So now. That's the unhinged commentary. So now we talk to... Okay. Now we talk to 
um, two very controversial points of view of an event that happened. So between Ocon and Alonso. Mind you, both drivers don't think that they're ever in fault, keeping that in mind. No but drivers no drivers ever think they're in fault because if you start believing that you're at fault, then that loses your self-confidence and it's a whole uh, ego persona thing that that's attached to driving. But what so I, would- I don't think anyone expects the other one to take ownership, yeah. even if they were actually the owner of the mistake. But what I do want to point out before we go into this topic is that Alonso fans from at least from what I've seen on social media and the fact that Alpine had to come out with an official statement, Alonso fans are much more hardcore than Ocon fans. I can't, mm, I don't know. I'm going to, speaking a little bit vocal, I, more vocal than Ocon fans. Maybe. I don't follow a dedicated Ocon or Alonso fans on Tumblr specifically because I am not a primary supporter of one Alpine, two Ocon or three Alonso. Like, I think there are some things that are relevant to reblog, but personally for who I prefer to watch and see information about, it's none of those. So I can't say whether they're positive or negative. However, what I can say is, is if they are anything, thank you, if they are anything like the the hate that's spewed from Hamilton, Verstappen and mm. Charles fans, if it is anything of that level, I agree that it's probably it's not positive at all. Okay, so what happens is... Actually, I don't know. I don't know clearly what happens. There's two no, events. No, no. You to- you brought it up. I was just going to talk about the um the overtake incident, but not anything else. The, they're the two. I'm talking about the overtake. Okay, the so overtake on the incident. on the track, there's, there's two incidents. One at one at turn one, one at turn four. Yeah. So it happened back at Silverstone where uh, Alonso tried to overtake Ocon, and then Ocon just pu- effectively pushed him into a wall. That one's quite clear because Alonso's coming up from the inside, yeah, and then Ocon's him. in the center, and then Ocon's gone. No, no. I'm going to block you on the right. And he pushes Alonso into the wall, very similar to what Stroll did to Vettel, pushing him into a wall. What about the one that happened in Baku? That's I don't know about that one, but that's someone, the context. Someone pushed – no, Ocon pushed Perez into the wall. Yeah, but yeah. that's like four years ago. Maybe yeah. it's an Ocon trait. I don't know. But like, um, it's, it's, it's I don't an, follow Ocon that much. No, but it's an event where one car – didn't leave enough room or perceive didn't leave enough perceived room for another car to drive through overtake whatever um and the same and the same same thing kind of happened there they're going around a corner and i'm pretty sure it was the same corner that um carlos and verstappen did their overtake so verstappen turned it was turn four I think. yeah so verstappen turned in right after carlos had done the overtake clipped his front wing and it just obliterated it and then the the front left just went flying Almost the exact same thing happened with Alonso and Ocon. Ocon's come around the inside and instead of... So Sainz came in the inside to overtake Verstappen, whereas Alonso's tried the outside to overtake Ocon, but the same corner. But the exact same thing happened. Alonso um, went to turn in to close the corner off. Ocon has gone a little bit straight. However, where Alonso has clipped into Ocon, instead of being just the back right hand wheel of Ocon and the front left wing of Alonso. Alonso's front left wing went right into the middle of Ocon's right side pod. And you can see on there, um, if you're paying attention to the the sprint view, that Ocon has like a hole in his side pod. And that's why he just dropped, 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 dropped down in the standings. They ended up being um, 17th and 18th. Yeah, he dropped all the way down. And then um, Alonso had to pit because his right wing was that damaged. Anyway, um, a review of the incident gave... Alonso a two penalty point um they allocated two penalty allocation points. yeah 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 so now he's on six out of 12 for the for the 24 month period and he also got a um was it five second or ten seconds a a set a time penalty. Yeah, he got a time penalty anyways um effectively so that Ocon finished 
above him, even though he yeah. just overtook him at the end. But um, anyway, the commentary, as this happens, one of the key things that Alonso says, which Alonso was fueled to the fire, dare I say, the reason why we bring this up was because of the commentary of what Vettel brought up. So Vettel was just gone, okay. okay. And that's it. And anyway, Alonso says, I lost the front wing thanks to my friend. Anyway, dare I say I that only- was the match to the fuel which caused the fire and then of the- Alpine needing to release a statement saying that no, there's not been a only- lot of toxic comments not- to their drivers and towards their team. But not only that, the interview in the paddock after the oh, end of the yeah, race, yeah, yeah, Alonso yeah, yeah. goes, I only have two more races with my friend finally or something like that or – It'll be thankfully over. Thankfully, I only have two more yeah, races. Yeah, thankfully, it's only have two more races finally or finally, finally only over. have two more. Yeah, it's, it's finally, finally over, over in two more races, something along that. Long story short, he's not making it He's making. He's it not making it easy Ocon's for Alpine admin. But he's not making it clear that Ocon's his best friend. Yeah. But he, he's very excited to leave the team. He's very excited to get out of Alpine. Whatever the commentary but you or gotta culture commend or whatever Alonso. is there, he's, he's looking forward to leaving. But you've got to gotta commend Alonso for the commitment that he's not wrong. He's never wrong. You look at the That's footage. That's what you just and said. The like, drivers are never wrong. Yeah, but you you gotta commit like the. It's the confidence. He's very confident. He was but smiling the whole interview. He's like, no, I'm definitely not wrong. But is it confidence? Is it arrogance? Is it ignorance? I don't know. But like, or is it strategy to be like, if I'm happy, no one's going yeah, to think I did anything or, wrong. Or whatever it is, I'll be like, uh, you caused that. And I'm like, yes, I did. Stop talking to me. <laughs> I feel guilty. <laughs> well, think think about it in relation to. Okay, think about it in relation to the accident between Joe and um, Russell at Silverstone. Russell Russell didn't think he was in the wrong when it was happening, but when he looked back at the footage, he was like, oh, yes, no, I'm but, in the wrong. No, but there's a difference between, like, knowing you're in the wrong and not being in the wrong. Like, I don't think that Russell thought he was in the wrong for Silverstone. He didn't until he saw the footage back. But he still apologised, regardless of whether Ricardo recognises he was at fault for Emilia Romagna. Doesn't matter. He still apologized russell still apologized to carlos whether he admitted it was his fault or not and i think the thing is is alonso refuses to admit it's his fault who cares about that but i think the the key point of this narrative is is not tried to keep a neutral or amicable rapport fuel to the fire exactly and i think that's probably the issue whereas like you look at vettel's commentary afterwards and you can tell that he doesn't yeah. admit. He's like, yeah, it's definitely Stroll's fault and it's it's not his. However, he doesn't spin the narrative of Stroll's an awful person and he can't drive. It's like, it is a racing incident. It's something that we need to talk about as a team. However, was, the team did well and he did it from a point of view that's very mature. But he did it from a neutral perspective, knowing. Neutral perspective. Obviously, he's quite mature. He's quite a mature he's driver. He's younger than again, Alonso, though. But Alonso should be mature as well. That being said, we're not going to go into the politics of the drivers. We've been gas bagging away for quite a while now. Any, this is why I'm so glad we didn't do one long, long, long episode for man. Everyone would. But also, we would have run out of things to talk about just after qualifying, though. True, we would have forgotten about FP1. Yeah, and we would not have done anything. I was saying to Eleanor yesterday, we watched the actual race. You're going to talk about the actual race. That typically, just the race itself, lasts for an hour. Oh, and, alone, due, and the sprint as well. But and due to the timing, the race is at three, 4 or 3 a.m. 3.30 a.m. Monday morning. We have work the next day. We're going out Monday night. We're probably not going to be able to record until Tuesday. So this will be late. I'm kind of glad we were doing this now because we would have forgotten by Tuesday. We've got good memories, but not that good. Anyway, what are your... Okay, you're yawning away. <laughs> I know. I know you're getting bored. Um, no, I'm not getting bored. I'm just getting tired. 
Thank you for that's because you've lied down right now. Thank yeah, you for listening cozy. if you're here this far. Before you tune off or switch out or the swap. final finishing positions. What do you think is gonna be the one, two, three and your wild I, card? Do you wanna keep do you wanna keep being consistent and say Vettel's your wild card? Considering yeah, you know what, he's I starting ninth. Ha- I am gonna have Vettel as my wild card because okay, he's starting done. ninth. I reckon he'll do really well. And he has a really good track record at Brazil. At Interlagos. And oh, he, I love Brazil. And he Brilliant. likes the Brazil race. Okay, so, so Vettel's your wild card. Who's your one, two, three? <sighs> so I'm, I'm going to remind you again of the starting grid. It goes Mercedes lockout front grid with Russell, Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Norris, Sainz, Magnussen, Vettel, Gasly, Ricardo, Mick, Joe, Bottas, Sonoda, Stroll, Ocon, Alonso, Latifi, Albon. One, two, three. Hmm. Do you mean to tell you what you said last race? No. Okay. <laughs> Go away. Okay. Um, Screw it. Hamilton. 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 Yep. That's your one. Who's your two and your three? You can't say Hamilton or Vettel because... Russell. Russell. Perez. Perez. I reckon okay. there's going to be a racing incident. So I don't think Max cares about winning anymore. Like he's, yes, he will he will try to win. Okay. But he will not be desperate to win. Okay. If there comes a head-to-head between Hamilton and Verstappen, mm-hmm. Hamilton's obviously going to be a tiny bit more desperate. Yeah. He's not had a win this year. He wants to put on a show for Brazil, considering all of the contacts that's happened this year. I think Verstappen will fight, but if the car gets damaged, Hamilton will make sure that he ignores the damage to win, whereas Verstappen will be like, no, no, I'm going to go fix my car. Okay. Interesting. And Russell will just be there and then Perez will be like, ha, 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 yes, I can finally stay second in constructors. That's my, that, and then Vettel, yeah. Okay. My predictions. Verstappen first, Russell second, Hamilton third, signs my wild card. I had Norris. But then I scrubbed he's him out because I think he's feeling still sick. Ill. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look well, yeah. does he? He looks quite he, – yeah. So the reason why I think Verstappen will be first because Verstappen is currently starting third and he's got two sets of fresh, soft tyres and they've got Miss Schmidt as the strategist. No, and I believe that. And I think the the tyres will play an important thing into that. But I'm thinking maybe there's going to be an incident when it comes to – pit timings and he'll get slowed down by that i can just for some, i can see verstappen getting stuck behind someone slow but that's the reason why i'm putting russell and hamilton second and third because they get stuck because of because the pit they strategies. are going to get stuck and someone else is going to one but of the back again, runners or something know, we don't know the weather so who knows no we don't and i've, I've put signs as the wild card because he's starting he's, seventh but he's shown that he did really well on the sprint he's starting seventh so seventh to getting in your top three or winning mm. i think signs will be one to watch because he's got a brand new engine as well anyway that being said we've been gas bagging away for over an hour now thank yeah, you for I'm listening tired. we'll be back on tuesday um yeah that's it go brazil enjoy the race enjoy the race please tune in because otherwise i feel like if you're if you're relying on us for our like race to race commentary, we've clearly missed some key 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 points, and we are very biased. But you know, at least very, we're very very biased. I mean, we haven't been that biased towards Ferrari recently. But, no, but we've kind of left us with a sad taste of disappointment because they're trying, but they're just they're just. Trying. I don't want to talk about something that makes me sad. <laughs> so, like, why do I want to talk about Leclerc when it makes me sad? So yeah, I'd rather just not talk that. about him because they don't seem to be screwing up Carlos's strategies and Carlos, which is fine. But um. Yeah, 
talking about Charles and seeing how he's not doing well is is sad. So I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Wear your good gas bags until Tuesday. Tuesday. Maybe Wednesday. Depends on. Yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll see. Tuesday or Wednesday. um, Over and out. Enjoy your weekend. Bye. And this is why Interlagos is one of the best racetracks ever. And enjoy another hour and a half commentary on Tuesday. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye.